0: You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Seelich. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. Today, my new best friend is Megan Foster on the podcast. Megan is the mayor of the city of Corval. And we're hearing about her growing up on a farm in northern Iowa, uh, coming to Coralville and uh, raising her family and getting involved in the community to make a difference.
1: And as far as being, you know, the first woman, the door is open now. I want to make sure that I leave it open for other women to, to walk
0: through. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's new best friend is brought to you by West Bank a community bank since 1893 nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top performing community bank prioritizing community responsive to local needs West Bank member FDIC Welcome to a new podcast today I've got a special guest uh, Megan Foster She's my, as you know, my new best friend. Uh, Megan is a longtime Corvo resident, uh, active in the community, sort of a business person, and also the uh, mayor of Corvo. Megan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Where are you from and where did you grow up and uh, get your start in life?
1: So I grew up. I'm a farm girl, actually. That's something that a lot of people, I think, would be surprised—a um, surprising part of, of my biography for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I grew up on a hog farm, outside of or in Buchanan County. Uh, my up by—I don't know if you know where uh, Strawberry Point, sure, yep. Independence, mm-hmm. kind of in between, in between, out in the in the country. My dad is still farming wow uh he's uh, 70, 70, almost 77 almost 77 77 tomorrow he's still working on the family farm but that is a big part of of my uh growing up and you know being on the farm i had to do a lot of <laughs> a lot of right. chores and working in the field in this and, and i think it really shaped my my work ethic you know, it, there, you learn a lot of lessons when you grow up on a farm. So I, I come from a very rural community. Well, great. Um, came here when I was in college and like so many people that are in the community, met my husband here and decided to, this is where we wanted to stay and raise our family because it is such a amazing place to, right. to live, work and play.
0: Well, good. So you went to Iowa? Right, you got a degree there. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yep, then I read you also went to Washington State University too.
1: Yes, so my I um, have a bachelor's uh, from from the University of Iowa in theater arts, and then I have a master's degree in strategic communication from Washington State University. Yes, well,
0: great. Well, tell me a bit about your um, so what happened? You graduated from college, or with your master's, you started working uh, with the local. Nonprofit, sort of? is, that, is that the background or a private business?
1: So when I graduated from college, I spent a lot of time. My, my husband and I had our children. We were pretty young, right out of college. And so for the first um, about 15 years of what I would call my adulthood, mm-hmm. I was a stay-at-home mom for part of the time. And I did a lot of uh, part-time work, kind of what we would now call gig Work mm-hmm. where I, you know, I did a lot of different things. I, I worked at, in childcare. I worked in, uh, in. Uh, I was a yoga teacher for a while, and then I got kind of my start in business by working with my husband in his marketing firm, where I right. started copywriting, started doing a lot with social media marketing, and that kind of led me where I am today. Um, I was always active on, in the community on boards. So um, I was on the four C's board for a while, food pantry board, got on the DVIP, domestic violence intervention program board, And that led me to my career now, where I work as their community engagement coordinator.
0: Okay, well good. And your husband's name is
1: Nick. Nick Westergaard. Westergaard, Yes. And he
0: is a marketing guru type person, right? Yes,
1: yes. He works at the Tippie College of Business, or he's a faculty Hmm. member at the Tippie College of Business, does a lot of speaking, has written two books, um, and he has his, his own podcast as well.
0: Well, good. It's a small world, I guess, huh? Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about, um, you're, so you're in Corville, living in Corville for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I recall, you ran for the city council. Yes. Was that 2017 or so? Correct, And, yep. and, and you won. Yes. So you remember the council. Yes. And then uh, I think last year, 2021, John Lundell, the longtime mayor, mayor, decided not to run and you ran. Correct. And you won.
1: Yes. So yes.
0: tell us. I, I guess I was reading. You're the first female mayor ever.
1: I am. Right? And you I,
0: started in January. Is that right? Yes. Well, tell us about that whole experience.
1: You know, it. I. I. I um. I, I was very honored to to step into that to the mayoral role um, after John. You know, decided to to retire. Um, and. I'm loving it so far. Mm-hmm. I love I I love the the part of, about being mayor that I am really enjoying is the the part where we get I get to kind of be the the PR person for Coralville. Right.
0: No. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. I, you
1: know I get to greet people that that come to the community. Where I get to meet folks that are are here um, visiting, or you know, where there, there's groups that come in conferences that come in, and, and I, I really love that part um, of, of the job. And as far as being, you know, the first woman, it, you know, it's, it is a little bit daunting sometimes because I feel pressure that it's right. like, you know, I don't want to mess it up. Because <laughs> right. I'm the first one. I don't want to mess it up. The door is open now. I want to make sure that I leave it open for other women. To to walk through. Oh, so, All right, Well,
0: congratulations. Now, yeah. as far as uh, your your goals, I I was reading um, budget was one goal and uh, being more welcoming the, the diversity issue. So tell us some of the goals you have now as mayor.
1: Right. One of the other things that I love about being the mayor is that the mayor the mayor's set the literally set the agenda for the meetings they run the meetings but i also think about that is in setting the agenda for the entire community right so what is the vision that that we have for the community and then how do we work together to bring that to fruition and so one of the things that i'm really passionate about is making sure that you know coralville is welcoming that it is inclusive And that the things that we're doing for diversity, equity, and inclusion are not just surface level. That we are examining, you know, really getting into the nitty-gritty and examining things at at um, at a deeper level. Because we do, I do think we do a great job. We do so much, so many things really, really well. And so how can we be even better, especially when it comes to things like cultural competency, things like you know making sure that we're offering programming that speaks to all of the residents in this mm-hmm. community, and that when we enact policies, are we centering the most um, vulnerable or marginalized individuals and in thinking about how these policies impact them? Whenever we do something,
0: well, you know, one example I've noticed is the Corvo Food Pantry effort. I know you've yes. been on the on the board or vice chair, whatever, been active there, and that you know the town has rallied together to, to yes. raise money. And John Bowler is sort of a, a great leader there, and uh, that build is going on. I know Mike Hodge and his group has. Hodge Construction has been very helpful there. I know that we're, do, we're doing this in May, and there's a there's a build this Friday, which I'm going to try to help with. I'm not very handy, but <laughs> Kelly Hayworth, the city administrator, has rounded a bunch of us to go over there and help uh, build walls. Fortunately, yes. the Hodge people will be there to help do, do the real work. But, yes. give, but that's a real example, though, of raising the money. You, know, yes. you develop that program. It keeps growing. Then the church, I guess, up there, the Methodist Church, donates the land. And now yes. this thing, you raised the money to build it, and now it's going to be built. It's going to be done by the fall, I think. Is that right?
1: Um, I believe so, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, you know, with we've had some uh, weather-related sure, delays, yeah. obviously. But you're, you're absolutely right. That That is a fantastic example. And one of the things that I, I love that um, has really come out of the conversation and the collaboration with the Coralville Food Pantry is – the, the slogan that they've adopted, which is more than a pantry. Mm-hmm. And that is how I think the community is viewing this, this project, because yes, it will be a place for individuals to come and get the assistance that they need, but it's more than that. It's a place where we can have uh, expanded programming Uh, expand the the reach that our social service agencies have in the community and it'll just be a place where we can all come together right and you know share meals Uh, it's 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 fantastic
0: the other thing i'm impressed is that people who volunteer there are people they are dedicated yes they want to make a difference and they just they're every week they're down there doing their thing so the that brings the community together all these people volunteer
1: absolutely and that those are the kinds of things that you know that i think are overlooked when we talk about economic development when we talk about you know what makes a community an attractive place to live one i always love saying that community development and economic development go hand in hand right so we have you know we have all of these wonderful amenities in our community but the other you know that 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 sense of helping each other out that mm-hmm. sense of you know pulling together for the common good those you know the the fact that that we're we're a communi- community that demonstrates and acts on those values is is just as important as no, no, I'm, having yep. all <clears throat> of the the wonderful businesses yep. and amenities that we have here that that brings people to the yeah. community too well, talking about
0: amenities, I know Corvallis done well. This, the uh, River Landing area has been developed; it's going well. Uh, people are building things. But what I'm impressed by is one is the bike trails. I'm oh. a, I don't ride bikes a lot, but I'm convinced that one of the secrets of the growth of Johnson County are these bike trails, and Corvallis become a they're a model you have all these amazing trails and you're building more
1: oh yeah i was actually just at the parks and rec commission meeting last night and you know when when you see the amount of work and effort and it isn't just that we have them because having them is amazing it's just the the way that they are planned Mm -hmm. it's the the attention to detail that goes that goes into them it I, i i talked about how that is an amenity in our community that is, is great for the people that live here, mm-hmm. but it isn't a tractor.
0: Right, exactly.
1: People are coming here because of the, the unique bike trails that we have. We have the, the stuff, that the, um, the single track trail, all of the stuff at the Creekside Park, um, the way that the connectivity. Right. It's, <clears throat> you're absolutely right. Like People are coming here because of our impressive bike trail network. We're yeah, hosting events and yep.
0: yeah. <clears throat> it's a symbol of the community too. They are reaching out to those people who like to ride bikes. You know, it's a little thing, but it's, it's more important than people realize think.
1: I agree and it, it adds to the quality of life. It, it you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I have to give so much credit to Sherry Proud, right. our director of <clears throat> Parks and Rec. For her passion, that's I think is one of the things that's so cool when you watch Sherry work. Mm-hmm. You the the passion that she has for her job is just yep. infectious. No, she's good. She's a
0: she's a real pro. Well, let's talk about some of your other philosophies here. Do you have like a, a favorite book or a favorite movie or what do you do in your quote spare to Five five children <laughs> and a husband and a job. But
1: yes, I, yeah um, I I don't have. Who a, are you? Uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of spare time, but I will tell you as far as books, one of I, you know, a lot of people that know me well know that I am a big fan of comic books. Interesting. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have guessed books, that. Right? But I know, <clears throat> I am a huge comic book fan, and right now, I am reading the Thor comics, the the Jane Foster as Thor arc. If there are any comic book nerds out there, you know what I'm talking about. But it's in preparation for the um, the new Thor movie that is coming out. So I I love comic books. Those are the type my favorite types of movies, or you know, superhero movies, Star Wars, (laughs) things like that.
0: Fascinating, fascinating. (laughs) Uh, What about um, like role models? As you go along here and uh, growing up, and now, who who are people you look up to or admire or follow?
1: Well, I, I know it's a cliche, but I, I really, you know, my mom is a is a great role model for me. She, I, you know, it's interesting how they, you know, when you when you become an adult and you say, oh, I'm never gonna be like my parents, but then you you as you become an adult, you kind of look back and think, you know, I, I guess I am on a similar path as as my mom, but she you know just like me took time to raise you know to be at home raise her family she went back to school Um, she became a social worker and she worked in a domestic violence shelter Uh, that's how she got started she was a crisis line advocate and um, you know she really instilled in me that sense of uh, the social justice the sense of you know looking out for everyone the sense that you know we all do better when we all do better and you know she's also a great mom a great grandma a lot of the things that I am doing now I could not do without the help of of my mother sure yeah she comes down and babysits and
0: (laughs) sounds like a good arrangement huh yes yes that's great now, tell me you about your children. You have five children, right? Yes. And they're in, I assume, various grade levels. And I think you have, yes. a, you have a couple of children. You, you were a foster parent yes. and you adopted uh, some minority children, right? How, yes. Tell us that experience.
1: Sure. So yeah. I have five kids. Uh, Their ages, and I have to think um, <laughs> but, well, <laughs> just they, when they yeah. turn over, yes, <clears throat> they're 21, 20, 16, 14, and nine years old. Wow. And yeah, so our, our journey to becoming um, foster and adoptive parents was that, you know, unfortunately, we, we had our two our first two children and, you know, everything was fine. Everything was normal. And then I suffered several miscarriages and we decided to, you know, we, we wanted to continue to grow our family. So we decided to pursue foster care and, and adoption. So that is how um, our our third child came to us, and our fourth child is the half. They're half siblings. So our two, they're, they're, um, they, they when you have a foster care situation, they like to try to keep the siblings in the same family if they sure. can. So uh, my my two children, two of my children are are half siblings Mm -hmm. so we were very blessed and very fortunate that we were able to you know um, keep them together and that they get to you know that they've had the experience of growing up with each other and then you know we thought we were done and as many I I hear so many stories like this (laughs) (laughs) we got yeah yeah we got rid of all the baby stuff we were done and surprise and you know it was a it was a challenging pregnancy but we were; it was just one of those amazing surprises that that happens in life.
0: Yeah. Well, good. So, yeah. So, you're, so you have a nine-year-old still?
1: Yes. Well, yes. good. Well, <laughs> yes.
0: congratulations! I admire you for all that. Well, uh, tell me about if you look ahead like three years from now, what will you be doing, or what's do you have any like general goals? I assume you still might be mayor, right?
1: Yes, yeah. I would love to. Uh, continue. I hope I, the you know, I, I'm honored that the citizens of Coralville have put their trust in me and I plan to run again. And, and you know, two years is, is not a lot of time to get something done. We just had our goal setting session a couple weeks ago uh, as, a, as a council. And the, the top thing we talked about in you know, as our, we do our goal setting for for a two year time frame, sure. The top thing it was unanimous with the council, unanimous with the staff, was a comprehensive plan towards diversity, equity, include and inclusion mm-hmm. in the city of Coralville. And how do we um, how do we start that process? Because we know that that's not something that you can do quickly. Right you know it it will take time to figure out the best way forward so that when it's not just a performative effort that it it really makes a difference so i'll be excited to see where we are in 3 years with that effort you know we're and another thing we're working on always is affordable housing we've made a lot of progress in the the 5 years that that i've been on the council and so that's another thing that we're going to keep working on
0: yeah the housing and I deal with um, often builders and the costs keep going yeah, exactly. up land costs are extremely yes. high it's just it's it's uh I guess you It's sort of scary it things is its Things have got so expensive it's hard for to build things which can be are, are affordable I, mean, I don't know 100 percent it's 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 um, it's, yeah, it's, um we have to figure it, figure it out, I guess, somehow. Absolutely. And that's why the city role is so important.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you're, you're, you're 100% correct, because we've actually done some work with some units that we, we had a fixed price point on. And because the market is so hot right now, you know the uh, we had a buyer come in and pay 10000 over over right. the price. I mean, and it wasn't, there was no negotiating. They did, That was just the first offer. Yeah. You know, so that that's just one example of how especially right now it is it is very challenging, yep. but we'll keep at it.
0: Yep, well, that's good. Well, great. Uh do you have any other uh, advice here for all of us or uh, um where we're going the next year? Or so uh, the, the budget too, I know the yes. cities but the city's uh, one thing is your millage rates have been pretty much steady all yes. along. And yeah. there's always challenges there, but um I guess yep. the COVID crisis maybe behind us, so things return back to normal. Is that I
1: I hope so. You know, one of the things we're keeping, we're always keeping our eye on here is the, uh, you know, the hospitality piece. Mm-hmm. And we are definitely seeing some uptick right. uh, with the, you know, the arena is, of course, very helpful with that. So, yeah, we're we're optimistic.
0: Well, good. It's, it's exciting. Yep. Well, great. Well, uh, it's been fun talking to you today, and uh, we'll have to keep track of you. It's great to have the mayor with us today, Megan mm-hmm. Foster, and uh, we'll follow her, um, her career here and uh, try to join in and help out some. So.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks
0: for coming. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.